1: Let me tell you the story of how I became an entrepreneur. It's 2019 and I'm 21 years old, and I'm being walked through the office of this new customer service job that I've just gotten. I'm the six foot one, 180 pounds, lean, shredded six pack, bald head that I shaved every morning because I was also enlisted into the military, the Royal Air Force at the same time. So this was going to be like a full time job that was going to hold me over until I was going to join the military. And I'm being walked through this office by the woman who's just hired me For a minimum wage job I sit there And one by one all the co-workers who I'm going to be working with come to me And you know they're going to come uh, say hello I speak to one guy, speak to the next, speak to the next, speak to the next And it's the final woman who's a bit shy She's morbidly obese 300, 400 pounds And I end up just asking her a casual question and just saying How long have you been working here for? And she replies with Six years And she's doing the same role as me for the same pay I get a flash of How I got here today I woke up at 5am I worked out in the dark. I got changed, put on the the clothes, and walked over to the the tram, the public transport. And it was so dark outside that I still had to use the flashlight of my phone to get there. I'm waiting there, there's graffiti and, and rubbish all over the floor. I eventually get onto the tram, and it's silent apart from one other guy who's wearing like a high-vis vest. And he's like sleepies in and out of sleep. The whole city sleeps, and here I am commuting to work. And then it's a half an hour walk from the the tram stop to this office whilst I was wearing these, these smart shoes that are hurting my feet and my ankles. This woman just in front of me said that she's worked in this position for six years for the same pay as me right now. And it just hits me, this moment of gratitude. It's almost like a moment of enlightenment where I just realize how lucky I am that I'm in such a shit position. I realize how lucky I am Of how awful my life is. Because it's like straight away the intelligent part of my brain says to me. If this was slightly better you would stay here and you would be just like her. The commute, the job, the position, the pay was shit enough. That I knew that I wouldn't end up getting complacent and staying here. Mark my words. If it was just slightly better. If the pay was £19,000 a year instead of 17500 you would have never have known about me. Any video of mine you've watched, what you know about my life story, you would have never have known about me. I would have never come onto the scene because I would have been complacent. It would have been good enough. The ultimate curse, the, the worst life possible is that where you hate it, but it's just good enough to not change it. I was lucky that my first and only full-time job was bad enough to to cause this burning desire to change. And so each day I was coming home from this full-time job at 6pm, 7pm when it's dark outside. And I'd be working on businesses. I had no clue what I was doing, but I was writing ebooks. I was making these videos. You can scroll to the bottom of my YouTube channel and see the videos that I made in November and October of 2019. It was bad enough that I needed to cause some kind of change in my life. And it was very difficult to work full time, to come back home and to still be working on businesses as you may be doing right now with either a full time job or maybe with school. You want to become an entrepreneur, you want to create a business and yet you still have to go and do the other thing for most of your time that you don't want to. It was very difficult and I relate to the pain. And so, for this video, I want to teach you seven lessons that have helped me to become an entrepreneur and to cross that $10,000 a month mark, which so many young men want to. Right now, as of October 2023, my business makes about $150,000 income per month. And it's only going up from here. The first lesson that I want to teach you is put Jeffrey in the spotlight. Let's go on a hike, we're going up a mountain. You know what's going to happen if me and you go up a mountain. Let's say you're going to lead this hike and there's a bunch of young men with us. What's going to happen is that the fittest guys will be way ahead of everyone else. But there's going to be a problem. There's going to be a guy who's way at the back of everyone. That guy, that fat little kid, his name is Jeffrey. So imagine if you were leading this hike right now, you're leading a bunch of like you know boys up like this massive hike. How would you fix that problem? Because it's kind of dangerous, right? Let's say you're getting higher and higher in the mountain. Those fittest guys that are with you, you know, the young athletes, they're far far ahead. They've been walking a little bit faster. They're not meaning to be rude, but just naturally they walk faster. And fat little Jeffrey's right at the back. There's too much of a distance for you to take care of everyone. So you gather everyone around. And you say, "Come on, guys, we're going to stay together as a group, okay? Let's stay together as a group." You start walking again, and naturally everyone starts spreading out. Those fittest guys walk faster, they go straight to the front, they're hundreds of meters past Jeffrey. What would you do in this situation? How would you fix this problem of your group being spread out? You get everyone together, you get fat little Jeffrey and you put him at the front of the group and you tell everyone, Jeffrey's at the front, nobody walk faster than him. Now, suddenly, those fittest guys are stood right behind Jeffrey. Jeffrey's leading the pack, and it's very clear what the constraint of your entire hike speed is. It's Jeffrey. So, naturally, Jeffrey walks a little bit faster because there's pressure on him, because he's got a massive queue of guys behind him. The fittest guys look over at Jeffrey and say, Hey, Jeffrey, like, uh, give me your backpack. I'll, I'll hold your backpack for you. You need, you need some carbs? I've got, a, I've got a banana for you. Come on, let's go faster, Jeffrey. Come on, let's go, let's go. Suddenly, Jeffrey's walking a little bit faster and faster and faster and faster. What this explains is the theory of constraints, that there is one thing that is constraining your progress right now. And in business, there's always one thing that is constraining your success, that is adding a bottleneck to your success. Spot the Jeffrey. What is the Jeffrey for you in your life? Is it your bad habits? Is it watching porn for two hours a day? Is it playing video games? Is it someone? Is it your father? Is it the school system that makes you go inside for six, seven hours a day maybe your poor sleep. For most people, it's their productivity. So this is the second lesson. Productivity is the constraint for basically anyone who's not making at least $10,000 a month in their business. It's not the business model. It's not genetics. It's not the opportunity or anything like that. The reason why you're not making $10,000 a month is simply just because of productivity. It's not the sexy answer that anyone else can sell you for. It's not like, you know, I could sell you like a little program that teaches you how to like level up in this business skill or anything like that. It's literally just that you don't know how to work. You've never been taught how to work before. School doesn't count. You struggle to focus. You wake up and the first thing you do is eat some carbs and some cereal or you scroll on your phone. You check a few messages and you don't realize that all of this is sapping your potential because to get to 10,000 a month even though $10,000 a month is a very high number for you know 99% of the world the truth is for business that's actually like quite a low level to get to 10,000 a month you don't even need to be good at business you don't even need to be a good entrepreneur you don't even need to have a good product you can have a shit product and make 10k a month but you just need to know how to get the product released and the reason why you don't have a product right now that's selling or you know a way to get leads is just because you lack the work rate it's just poor work rates. So I want to give you one tip right now, which will be the single greatest improvement to your productivity so far. There are two extremely strong productivity tactics that I can tell you. The first one is called eat the frog. You wake up early and you eat the frog. The idea is that if you were made to eat a frog, when would you eat it? Imagine like you're at dinner time and you can have this lovely three course meal it's you know it's it's this really nice meal with dessert and everything but to have that you have to eat a live frog when would you eat the frog would you eat the meal first then the dessert and then eat the frog afterwards you know push it off most people will try and push it off right the intelligent person says yeah give me the frog right now they eat the frog first then they eat the meal after that then the dessert so it gets better and better and better most people do the exact opposite so when you wake up do you eat the frog? Do you do the hardest task, the most uncomfortable thing first thing in the morning? Or do you let it mentally like turmoil you for the all of the day and you keep pushing it off? Yeah, I'll go to the gym at 6 p.m. Yeah, I'll do the work at 6 p.m. I'll do my homework at 7 p.m. Do you wait and wait and wait and wait? Or do you think to yourself, you know what, this is going to be lingering in my mind. How about I wake up early and I do it first thing in the morning? Me and my friend Scott, who sat right there, we wake up at 3.30 a.m. and we do our hardest work there. Now, this isn't to say that you need to wake up as early as me because this is just like my Carcadian rhythm. This is the time that I wake up and I feel awesome. But the highest achievers I know either wake up early or they stay up super late, like I'm talking 1, 2, 3, 4 a.m. And they eat the frog. They get this very hard, important task done at a block of time where no one can contact them. Along with that, a very specific piece of advice that I can give you is intermittent fasting, is one of the greatest productivity tactics you could ever find. Everyone else online is talking about Pomodoro technique and all this like little peasant stuff. Specifically, waking up and not eating anything for the first few hours of the day whilst you work on that huge task is of 10 out of 10 importance. I wish if I could teleport back in time and say this to my younger self, my business would be making closer to half a million a month right now. Easy. You cannot overestimate how important this is. Intermittent fasting is where you eat all of your food in a smaller window. So most people wake up and they, you know, within like 10 minutes, 20 minutes, they're eating breakfast. Then they'll have like a little like little bar of something. Then they'll have like a little juice. Then they'll have like something else. Then a second meal, then lunchtime, then dinner time, then a little after dinner snack, then like something else at like 8 p.m. And then they'll stop eating. They're eating for all the day. That's inhumane. That's not how you humans eat. We just don't eat all through the day. When you think about the animal world, when you think about primal humans, our body was not designed to be just eating little snacks through the day. It was designed that we just stay fasted. We have no food inside of our system. We hunt, we kill, we cook, and then we eat. We feast. We feast as much as we possibly could eat, and then we don't eat again for a while, for a day, for two days. There's so much comfort in eating that some people eat throughout the day because there's so much pleasure in in the nice taste that you get on your tongue. One of the greatest ways that you'll be able to do more work is you wake up early, you focus on some really big task. So for example, I'm a YouTuber. So for me it's recording. Maybe for you it's studying. Maybe for you it's like it's practicing this exam paper. You know how you can like, you know, do some exam papers, you can practice, or you can do some homework or whatever your business work is to do that first thing in the morning while specifically you have not ate anything. Because the amount of of distraction that comes when your body is digesting food is, is immense, that so many people don't even realize what they're capable of. If you felt slightly mentally disabled your entire life, like a lot of people are like fully have mental disabilities without realizing it. Like you, you've got symptoms of ADHD. Your mind wanders when you're trying to read, right? So you're trying to read a sentence and your mind goes away. You know this, right? And you have to reread the same sentence again. Or sometimes your mother's talking to you and it's like, you're thinking about something else. If you have these kinds of symptoms, imagine what it's like when you're trying to do this hard task. You keep pushing off this hard task that you need to do because when you're trying to do it, you don't actually have the ability to focus and get it done because your body's digesting and like 60% of your ability to like get work done is just gone when your body digests. Never mind, especially if you're having like carbs and, and sugar. That causes like brain fog. If you're completely fasted, one experiment you can do, many people won't do this, but if you just wanted to actually get to know your body, don't eat anything for an entire day and just go and eat some carbs afterwards. Maybe read a book. As you're reading, okay, your brain feels sharp. Have a couple bites of oatmeal and see how mentally disabled you you turn after you've just had a couple of bites of some oats, some sugar, some fruit. You'll literally notice the difference that you can't even focus on the words on the page anymore and your mind wanders. Now, imagine living your entire life like this. It's 11 a.m. and I have not ate anything. My brain is sharp. There are no voices in my mind right now as I speak these words to you. How could another YouTuber compete with me when he's had like this big bowl of cereal? You know, he wants to get in his calories because he he really cares about his muscle gain as well. If you implement just those two tactics, you will outwork 90% of other entrepreneurs. Wake up early and eat the frog. Do the hardest task first. Intermittent fasting. Don't eat whilst you work. Andrew Tate is uh, very famous for this as well. A lot of the killers that I know, a lot of the guys who are like very hard productive... They don't eat all day like you do. They eat once a day at 4, 5, 6, 7 p.m. after they've worked all day because it makes you sharp. You know how NoFap it's very similar. NoFAP semen retention. It's like you abstain from this little dopamine pleasurable activity. Certainly, like, you know, the, the cult of NOFAP online. So many guys talk about it, they don't even understand. But like, certainly, bro, if you if you get onto NoFap semen retention, and you fast as well, like you don't eat for most of the day, you become like this animal version of yourself. If I could go back in time right now, this is one of the few things I would say to my younger self. intermittent fasting, eat the frog first thing of the, in the morning. And the third lesson is finding the right business model for you. So this is a problem that many young guys are going through. Many young guys ask me, which business model should I get into? Should I be a YouTuber? Should I do affiliate marketing? Should I do an agency? Should I do copywriting? Should I do this and this and this? I remember when I was 21 years old, a couple months after I had worked that customer service job that I told you about, and I ended up getting a part-time job instead. I was making 200, 300, 400 a month in online businesses and dropshipping and flipping. And you know I was trying like all these different random business models that everyone online was speaking about. And I wasn't sure which one to take forward. And I remember specifically being sat here. Like I, I used to do night shifts in this part-time job that I had. I worked at like a homeless shelter. So I'd work through the night in this job. And I remember one time I was sat there like with my laptop, like, you know, researching business models, trying this one and trying this one and trying this one. And it just hit me one time when I was like, I've been looking at this the entire wrong way. Every young guy who's trying to figure out what business to do, he's looking at it in the wrong way. It's not about... Which one you want to do. It's not about the rewards of the one that you want. So when I'm thinking about dropshipping, it's not about like, oh yeah, well, you know, it could make me some money if I do these websites. Or flipping. Yeah, you know, it could make me some money if I like, you know, buy this product at a low price and I sell it at a high price. Or yeah, you know, I could make some money with YouTube if I, you know, grow an audience. No, no, no. That's a stupid way to look at it. Instead, I realized that the more important thing was which business model do you want to suffer for? What suffering do you want to endure? You see, the benefits of basically any business model is the same of any pursuit, really, of any career. It's like, you'll make some money, you'll get some status, you'll get some respect from other guys. That's relatively the same in anything you pursue. So it's like when you're trying to compare business models or, you know, life paths, it's so hard because you're just thinking, yeah, you know, if I'd made a business, I could get some money and and maybe some security and my family would be happy. It's all the same. I could become a rapper and maybe I'd get some money and some security and maybe my family would be, happy. it's all the same. The benefits are always going to be the same. You need to choose the model, the path that you want to suffer for because there is always going to be suffering in your life. Which suffering do you want to endure? So I'm sat here in this homeless accommodation that I was working in and I look over at the CCTV and one of the homeless guys is sat outside right now in the cold and it's 4, 5 a.m., And it hits me straight away. What do I want to suffer for? I want the suffering that comes with helping these young men, purposeless young men around the world, men who are suffering. That's like the the hard task that I want to work on. I want to help all the guys who have gotten into all these bad habits. And I realize the way that I'm going to do that is through YouTube and through education as I do here. What do you want to suffer for? So when you think about the business models that you know about, there's YouTube, agency, dropshipping, e-commerce. What suffering do you want to experience in life? As a YouTuber, it's the suffering of needing to record a video and your your throat getting all dry and people leaving some hate comments and people knowing you about your personal life and people recognizing you in the street if you don't think that's a good thing. Do you want to enjoy that? For dropshipping, the suffering is that you've got to find the product that's winning and you've got to keep making these websites and you've got to you know deal with the moral of of reselling crappy products from China. Do you want to endure that? When you find the business model which causes the kind of suffering that you actually would kind of like to endure, that's the one you should choose. So for me, when I thought about YouTube, I was thinking okay, people will know about my life story. I kind of I kind of like the idea of that. I'm, a, I'm an open book. I'm a very honest, straightforward, authentic guy. People would recognize me in public. I kind of like that needing to record videos like this. I kind of like that. I love speaking and giving advice. So whilst YouTube may not be the right business model for you, it causes the suffering, which I actually like, but it might not be the same thing for you. The way to find the right business model for you is to literally just think about what pain do you want to go through? What specific task would you actually enjoy to do for a few hours every day? For me, speaking, giving advice like this, this feels awesome. I'm having fun as I do this. This is like this has been a great day so far. It's 11 a.m. I just did recorded a podcast just before this. I feel awesome. Maybe you wouldn't. Would you enjoy being in front of the camera for four hours today till your throat hurts? Maybe you wouldn't. Then that's absolutely okay. Don't copy me, but instead just copy like the decision-making framework that I went through. Another part of finding the right business model for you is deciding who you want to serve. You see, you're always gonna have some kind of product or service, and you're always gonna have some kind of target, market, avatar. Basically, you're gonna be helping some kind of people. That's the point of business and entrepreneurship. You'll be helping some kind of people. So which kind of people do you wanna help? Who would be the person buying your products or consuming your content? For many young guys, when they're really obsessed with like just trying to make as much money as possible, like this weak scarcity mindset, which is bred by like, you know, these like finance YouTubers and everything. When all you're thinking about is just, I want to make money, I want to make money. Suddenly, you, like you see online, the advice many young guys are getting is like, oh yeah, make an agency where you service a chiropractor. It's like, bro, you don't give a fuck about some chiropractor, some physiotherapy, right? Who do you actually want to help? Which group of people around the world, which ones do you care about? For many of us watching, it'll be young men. It'll be ourselves. It'll be our younger selves. It'll be our little brothers. We see the pain that young men are going through with porn and addiction and video games, junk food, low testosterone, lack of masculinity. And we want to help against that because we feel the same pain as well because we are part of this group. And so we will work relentlessly for this. I spoke to an entrepreneur recently who's doing very high numbers, Dan Bolton. And I told him, you know, I'm feeling a little bit like I'm losing my direction for the last few months. I just haven't enjoyed my business as much. And we, we spoke about it for a few hours and basically like he just said like the reason why I felt like a lack of direction is because I've just been focusing on the money for the last few months instead of being focused on the people that I want to serve. Business and and the game of entrepreneurship is just serving people. So which people do you actually want to serve? Not just who you could make the most money from. Who do you want to serve? For me, it's young men. It's my younger self. Lesson number four is that monk mode is necessary, at least at the beginning. Monk mode is a specific period of time where you cut out social life, friends, maybe even family, fun activities, and you focus on just one or two goals and you relentlessly work on that almost like a hermit. I've done multiple monk mode periods in my life and the most recent one I just ended soon. It started in March of this year of 2023, and it ended in about September. So for about six months, I moved back home to my family's home, set up my uh, little desk and everything, my room there. And for six months, I worked for 12 hours a day, optimizing my life so I could just work more, 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 more. At the start of this period, my business was doing about 15, 20,000 a month. At the end of it, it was doing about 150,000 a month. In six months, I seven times my business. Of course, I've got to give credit to other people. This was not just me. I've I've got a fantastic team. I've had a few awesome guys, Victor, Andrew, my brother, Danish, Caleb. I've, I've had awesome guys help me with this journey. This wasn't just like a solo mission. But with six months of relentless focus, we were able to increase our business by seven times. Monk Mode is this absolutely Necessary period for many young men. So I'd ask you right now is this maybe the time for you to go into a monk mode period? Are you too socially connected? Are you hopping onto Discord and wasting an hour with some friends who are chumps? Are you, you know, maybe spending uh, like time with your family, which you don't even enjoy? You know, time with loved ones is amazing if you're going to be present. But are you like spending time, you know, what, a weekend here, days here with your family where you're not even present because you're thinking about money, you're thinking about entrepreneurship? Then you shouldn't be there. How about your girlfriend? Spending time with her when you're just getting business ideas. The time you spend with people should only be when you can be 100% present. If you can't be present, you're better off not being there. Monk Mode is this period where you basically don't spend time with almost anyone apart from people that you want to work with. You choose one or two goals and you literally just optimize your entire life 100% to that. Maybe you do it for three months, six months. For many young men, this is exactly what you should do. You should literally stop replying to those chump friends of yours that you barely even enjoy. You know the friends from high school that you still kind of stayed in contact with, that you hop on Discord or something, and you know that they're fucking losers, that they're not even doing anything nice with their lives, that you want to go to like a really good place, you want to become more productive, become healthier, become more successful, and they think it's cringe that you're on this pathway. Maybe they drink, maybe they take drugs, or they play video games and they keep inviting you. You need a period of your life where you cut all that out and you enter this season of no a season where you say no to everyone. Your parents ask you to do something, you say, no, I'm focusing on my business. Your friends ask you, your girl asks you, let's do this. No, I'm focusing on my business. Three months, six months, nine months, it can change your life forever. It can literally change the trajectory that your life, your future was going to go to. Along with this is a concept of death by 1000 cuts. Often we think it's these big issues that are the reason why we aren't successful It's our parents It's you know the business model it, It's my work rate it, It's genetics We think it's these big things But it's not It's a thousand small things That are stripping away your potential It's that you wake up And every day You decide what to eat Three times a day Four times a day Five times a day You're deciding what to eat you know, Should I have this thing? Should I eat this thing? Should I go to that restaurant? Should I do this? You go to the restaurant, you're, you're choosing between the things in the menu. Maybe you wake up and you're, you're choosing which outfit to wear today. You're choosing, you know, you're replying, okay, there's a girl on, on Tinder you're replying to. It's these like hundreds, thousands of things, little micro decisions that you go through daily that are stripping away some of your t- intelligence and attention away from your business. The entrepreneur who's destroying you right now, when he takes a shower, he gets five good ideas about his business. When you take a shower, you're thinking about what well, to text that girl back, aren't you? The entrepreneur who is destroying you right now, he takes a walk and he can't help but keep going on his phone on the notepad because he's got another idea for his business. He knows how to improve his videos or his product. Whereas you...
0: Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem
1: impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. You go for a walk and you FaceTime that girl that you'd barely even like, but you're just trying to get laid. It's these thousand random things that are stripping away your potential and that's taking away your your attention from your business. Traveling is a huge part of this as well. I'm in Bali right now, but just a few days ago, my friend Scott was just about to arrive. I went to the place that we had booked And it was just it was weird. It was unclean. It was run down. It wasn't like the pictures. And, I, you know, I I got in there. I checked out the rooms and stuff. The air conditioning wasn't working well. You know, it was kind of gross. But I was like, oh, whatever. You know, me and Scott were in this like masculine mode. It's right next to the gym. So we'll just deal with it. It's fine. But as I sat there, I literally started to sweat because the air conditioning wasn't working well. I was like, it's actually going to be hard to, to sleep. So fuck it. Went downstairs. Told the manager, come, he comes back up with me and he sees it and he's like, "Oh, you know, like it, it's, um you know, like tomorrow we'll tell the guy to maybe come over." And I didn't like his attitude. I was like, "What the fuck?" It's like it's gonna be too hot to to sleep. I was like, "Nah, like I'm like you need to fix this." And he's like, "Okay, well, you know, there's another room upstairs. You can just go uh, get that one instead." So he goes prepares that room for me whilst I'm sat there thinking, "Man, I might just leave this place because it's it's unclean as well. It's like it wasn't even that cheap either." So I'm online. Maybe I'll go find a different place. He comes back to my room and he's saying, oh, okay, you can go upstairs and you know, that, that room, that apartment there is, is free. So it's the same one, but it, the air conditioning works better. I go up there and yeah, the air conditioning works better. So I'm like, okay, fine. I'll, we'll just stay here. I'm waiting for Scott to come. And I set on my laptop there that I'm like, it's still like, it's kind of unclean. It just, I don't know. It doesn't feel nice now that I've been here. So I'm like, bro, fuck it. I'm just going to leave. I'm going to give him back the key and I'll get a refund online on Airbnb. Feels awkward and stuff anyway, but I pack my bags and stuff, le- uh, go to a cafe or as I'm leaving and give back the keys and I'm like, oh yeah, you know, I'm sorry, but like, it's just, it's not good enough. air condition is still not good. It's unclean, whatever I'm leaving. I'll just go get a refund online. And the woman at the desk is like proper apologetic, but I leave, I go sit in a cafe and I'm just on Airbnb looking for the next place to look at it, villa, hotel, whatever. And I end up booking a place just for me and Scott, again, very, very close by, close to the gym. Okay. It's going to be awesome. Masculine mode. It's just like a little single room for both of us. Get the air conditioning's weak again There's like little flies in my room I'm getting like bit by like these all annoying ass little flies and stuff So I'm there thinking man do I fucking leave here or not Like what's gonna happen I'm, I'm literally I'm fucking sweating and everything Scott's flight is gonna land in like a few hours and I, but I've got the key to his room So I'm like, okay, I'll just go like, you know, just get in there There's two beds in his room anyway, so I'm like, okay, fine I'll just sleep here tonight, see him, it's hype and everything And we just kind of go to sleep, it's 1am And literally I'm hearing like little mosquitoes inside this room as well Start biting me and stuff, it's still warm Wake up feeling like groggy and stuff And we're just thinking like, you know, what do we do? Should we go um, to this men's retreat place over there? Should we like book this other place? And I'm thinking, you know, which one should it be? Okay, we should book this But I'm like, you know what, fuck it, I'll increase my budget We'll get a really nice villa so I go into Airbnb, think, man, this place, not even clean. This current place we're in, I'm getting bit by stuff. So I'll go book the villa. Then we book the villa. It's seven and a half grand, £7,500 for a villa. We go in there. It's kind of nice. It's like, you know, it's fancy and stuff. And okay, we can do a brunch. We can do a little party. This is nice. One by one, I'm just like the veil of dopamine's lifted. And I'm just like, oh, actually, you know what? This this place is a little bit dirty. It's a, bit, a little bit filthy as well. Like I go to the toilet. I have a piss. I press the flush button. And the flush button just gets stuck inside of the toilet. I'm like, bro, what the fuck? They just paid fucking 7,000 pounds for this. And the toilet's not even, it's not even flushing. It's just stuck now. I messaged the guy and he's like, oh, well, you know, there's another toilet. You can just, I'm like, bro, fuck you. There's another toilet. You can just use that. Like expecting him to send someone straight away. So then I'm like, bro, I think we leave this place as well. (laughs) Scott's masculine as fuck. So he's like, oh bro, whatever the mission needs, I'm down. So he starts packing his shit straight away. I'm like, bro, we've literally, this is the third place we've checked in, in 24 hours. I booked the next villa go online, message the people. Okay. Okay. They can do this deal. They can do this. They can do this. Book the next villa. It's going to look really nice. It's for the same price. Get the taxi, go over there. Really nice villa. Beautiful. Awesome. Check-in. It hits me as I look over to him saying, you've been here for less than 24 hours. In 24 hours, I have checked into four different Airbnbs. In that block of 24 hours, another entrepreneur has fucked me. Another guy who who has a similar business to me destroyed me in that time whilst my brain was going in all these thousand places. Now, that's an extreme example. That's probably not going to happen to you on a day-to-day basis. But just think about that. For that day, do you think I got any valuable work done? When you're traveling and you're checking into this place, I've got to check into this Airbnb. Oh, it's not this nice. Oh, this new restaurant, let's go there. Let's. Okay, what food are you going to get? This new diet, this new workout routine let's get these clothes. Or how about that girl? That girl's kind of hard. This girl, this relationship problem. You have these a thousand things that are stripping away your attention from your business. Trust me when I say that there's entrepreneurs your age in your niche who don't have any of that. They wake up and they've already predetermined the same meals they're going to eat every day. They wear the same clothes every day. They do the same things at the same time every day. There's a YouTuber who wakes up and he records videos every single day at 6am. He's going to destroy you if this is the life you're living whilst you're traveling and enjoying yourself. This isn't to say that you can't travel whilst growing your business, but especially at those beginning parts when all you need is productivity, it's a very, very bad idea. I wish I could tell younger Hamza this because he was obsessed with this idea of becoming a digital nomad. Traveling whilst you're trying to grow your business is absurd. There can be a good reason to, like right now, you know, we're here in Bali and there's a bunch of other creators that I can interview for this podcast that I'm running now. So that can be nice. But mostly when you travel and you've got to buy the flight and the Airbnb and the hotel and, okay, oh, I need the new SIM card. Like my phone doesn't have internet on it now. On the way here, my the internet cut out because it's been like a month since I bought the one-month package. And it's like, okay, well, after we finished working right now. I'm going to have to go to like the random like phone shop to get the new sim and stuff. There's a guy in the UK who's not doing any of this stuff. There's a guy who for the last month, he just stayed at home and he's just been working and he's literally worked twice as much as I have. And he's going to take over. He's going to take the results that I could have gotten this month. It's just a competition. And if there's another guy who's living more of this simple life, he's going to take over. This is why monk mode is so powerful, because it is this period where you optimize everything. So now you're not dealing with this shit. You don't have to go to the store to buy this random thing. You don't have to decide what your diet is because you make all these decisions and you say to yourself, I'm not going to do anything other than this. You know which gym you go to, you know which routine, you know what you eat. You have the phone contract, the SIM all set up. the, the, The internet works really well. It's unsexy but this is how to stand apart in like those beginning stages of business before you're making like 5 10k a month it's just living a really simple optimized life so I'd ask you right now how could you optimize your life my extreme like shitty example of you know airbnb to airbnb this one's not clean this one's not good enough you know, Four airbnbs in 24 hours imagine that imagine checking into four different places and three times telling the person who owned it that you were leaving and asking them for a refund it's like it's you can imagine that, that i didn't do any deep work that day so that's an extreme example. Where are you right now to this perfect optimized Mark Zuckerberg style routine where you wear the same clothes every day? Where about are you? What could you do to push more into that side? The most progress I've ever made. I'm pushing more to that side. I'm wearing the same clothes, eating the same food. This is very important because this saves a lot of those like IQ points, like the brain points that you get to put towards your business. The fifth lesson that helped me get to $10,000 a month and beyond was learning for at least a few hours a day. Many people right now, they, they think that self-improvement means that you've just got to take action and they think that, you know, consuming content is just purely negative. Through my greatest periods of growth, I've consumed content for an hour, two hours a day easily. I read for multiple hours a day. I watch these podcasts, they're long form videos, multiple hours a day and a lot of my success, I credit to this, especially reading. Don't get into this trap that so many guys are in saying, oh, you've just got to take action. You shouldn't spend time consuming content. You shouldn't be learning. Because taking action is kind of like cashing out your current knowledge right now. And that's definitely a good thing to do. But learning is like increasing the knowledge that you can cash out later. There's a quote from apparently from Lincoln, which says, if you gave me six hours to chop down a tree, I would spend five hours sharpening my axe exact same with learning. If you gave me six hours to finish off this task, I would spend five hours reading and learning about it. Because the actual amount of hours that you really need to like do the high leverage tasks isn't that high. Like as a YouTuber, it's honestly maybe less than like 10 hours per week that you need to be in front of the camera and record. So what else do you do with your time? For many people, the first of all, they don't even do the 10 hours per week of recording or five hours per week of recording what else do you do with your time well for most people they just they fuck around they do low leverage tasks they go and they reply to every comment on youtube thinking that's productive they go and change their little youtube profile picture thinking that's productive but the way that i was able to stand out on youtube and get to like two million subscribers was that i would do the essential task which was recording But then after that, I would go and literally spend hours reading books on communication, persuasion, storytelling, speaking, marketing, sales, human dynamics, psychology, manipulation. And this is how I was able to grow this this huge cult like audience, because whilst my competition were barely doing the essential task of recording, I was recording and then spending all of my other free like working hours learning how to be better on camera. And so it was easy for me to take over basically every person in the self-improvement niche, even though I started when everyone said it was like super competitive. Well, it was because I got the essential work done and then I got better at doing the essential work. The highest leverage thing that I've done is just reading every day. Buy a Kindle, like an Amazon Kindle. You can get them for like $20, $30, $40 and just read 60 minutes a day. That's it. 60 minutes a day, more if you want to and go and watch some like long form educational podcasts. Maybe there's a podcast where Alex Mosey is the guest or Luke Belmar, maybe there's Andrew Huberman and you're learning how to like optimize your brain so that you can perform better in work. What I'll do is I've, over the last few years, I've saved a lot of good entrepreneurship videos that have really helped me. I'll go make that playlist public because it was private before this, but I'll do this uh, for you and for everyone watching and I'll link it below so you can see the exact educational videos that helped me become a better entrepreneur and you can just watch them as if this is like actually a productive task because it absolutely is there's been a few key videos that have genuinely changed my life forever so all these little little nerds who say like you know like these sort of alpha males who say like oh yeah consuming content for a week is it fuck bro there's been times where i've watched the video and my life changed forever because of it so I'll link some of them below. And you can just, when you've got some spare time, they will probably be a few hours long of a podcast. You can go through them with the lens of like, okay, this really helped Hamza. If, he, if I'm anything like him, it'll probably help me too. The sixth lesson that I've learned is that making money is a good thing. Making money is your duty. This is a lesson I learned earlier this year, around March of 2023, when I had moved back home to my parents to start this monk mode period, but I just felt quite directionless. Like I didn't know which which direction to go in. And I ended up speaking to another entrepreneur uh, named Andrew Kirby. And I told him about, you know, where I was in business, how much money I was making and everything. I sent him like a little screenshot to show that I had made like $4,000 in the last four days. And he sent me a loom video of himself afterwards, like with him on like my sales pages and everything. And he said, oh, you know, hey, Hamza, like awesome success. You know, $4,000 in the last few days, you're making like 20K a month. That's really good. But with enthusiasm, he looked at the camera, he said, but with your audience... Of 2 million people, you could make a lot more money. And he was getting excited for it. You know, he was speaking about it. And he was like, when you make a lot more money, you can help these guys more. You can make this product that that will really help your audience more. And it was so weird. Instantly, I realized that for so long, I had held a certain belief in my mind that you probably have too, that had limited me. The limiting belief in my mind was that making more money was in some ways like a bad thing. That if I created like a product to sell, a course, a community... That in some ways that would be a bad thing Because online sometimes you know Some guy makes like a course And everyone calls him a scammer or something And people don't realize it's like It's not actually a scam It's just that you didn't want to buy that product It's fine I was so scared of of the perception Of what some members of my audience A little 14 year old might think If I make a new product I was so certain that people would call me Like a, a scammer, a salesman, whatever Because you see this online With you know Tate blew up, He made Hustlers University And the amount of people who, who were like Oh well is it a scam? You know because you can spend money on it So it might be a scam guys it's this weird state of like online entrepreneurship where a lot of people see that you're selling something and they just think like, oh, you know, he's selling something, so he's got to be a bad person. I ingrained that belief, and for so long, I didn't monetize my audience, thinking that I would be a bad person if I did. That people would like me more if I just made everything for free. It was with this fellow entrepreneurs' enthusiasm where I realized, wait, if I do release a product and it's for sale, meaning I, I you know, I charge for it. Well, then I would work hard to make that product really good. It would give me motivation and also money to make that product good, which will then help the guys that I was trying to help more. You see, making money is your duty, not only to make money for yourself and for your family, for your future wife, but it's your duty literally for your customers, for the people who would buy it because they'll buy it and invest into the product or service that you make. And with that money as motivation, you'll work hard to help them with their problems before I ever made like the recent products that I've made, I was working a few hours a week, casually recording these videos and then learning. When I made this product, suddenly I was like, oh shit, like I can just work 10 hours a day to help the guys who have bought it to get better results. The product that I've made is like, it's Ad- Adonis School. It's one of the links in the description where it helps men become entrepreneurs. And now it's like I, this guys that I'm speaking to who've been able to quit their full-time jobs and actually be able to provide for their family working in businesses. And it's like, that's awesome. My videos online, the free ones on YouTube, they're really nice. And a lot of guys have said that that's changed their lives. But when I made a product for sale, like the product that was inspired by this friend, this entrepreneur who told me, uh, you know, to make this kind of product, suddenly it's like there's hundreds of guys who have been able to help even more than before. And I made a fuck ton of money through it. So I've been able to provide for everyone. I've been able to be generous to my friends. I've been able to improve my own life and my, and my girl's life and my father's life and my sister's life and also the lives of the guys who have bought it so it almost sounds like common sense but back a little while ago i was so scared of creating a product because i thought that it would have in some ways made me a bad person because i had almost like a negative perception of of making money that if i made money it would mean that i was you know materialistic that i didn't know about like spirituality or or being present and grateful it's very important that you have good beliefs about money in your mind so i'd ask you right now what do you think about making money when i told you how much money i make i said i make one hundred and fifty thousand a month what did you instantly think did you think that was a lie that was something you couldn't believe did you think instantly oh yeah well that means he's a scammer did you think that means that i i cheated or i'm a wrong or i'm a bad person because of course your beliefs don't actually reflect me they reflect your own thinking about making money because often a lot of us carry insecure beliefs inadequate beliefs Why? Because we've grown up with this narrative that the rich and powerful people are evil. You remember the cartoon show The Simpsons? Mr. Burns is like the stereotypical rich guy and he's evil. Any movie you watch, that rich guy, he's always evil. That conditions you to think that the men who work hard to become entrepreneurs, to give out jobs to other people, that conditions you to think that that kind of guy is evil. And so we start to think now that anyone who's actually doing better than us is evil. You've probably seen Iman Gaji blow up on YouTube. When I stayed around his house, his apartment last year in Dubai, I went over, stayed over at his place and got to know him more, right? And I told him this story. I said to him, you know, about a few years before this moment, I thought you were a scammer. I saw you blowing up on YouTube and making all these adverts and making a lot of money whilst I was working part-time in a homeless shelter making £9 an hour. And when I heard you talk about how much money you make, I was so certain you were like a scammer or a liar or a cheat. Why? Because you were doing better than me. You were younger than me, making more money than me. So of course you've got to be a scammer, right? And it's almost like laughable to think about that situation where I thought this one random entrepreneur was a scammer when I first saw his little YouTube advert. And three years later, I'm staying around his place in Dubai and obviously like seeing that, yeah, it's all real. It's like, yeah, his, his product's actually quite good. We often, we we see guys who are doing better than us and we... we our insecure little brain brings them down and we say, yep, genetics. Oh, he took he took steroids. He's got to have t- cheated some way. Maybe they're just working harder than you. Maybe that guy who makes a lot of money isn't a scammer or a cheat or, or lucky. Maybe he just worked 10 times harder than you. Maybe the guy who's got a, the really nice physique who's bigger than you. Maybe he doesn't have that great genetics. Maybe he doesn't take steroids. Maybe he just works harder than you. I wish that I could go back and, and speak to younger Hamza, slap him with some sense and say, you know what? How about you just respect the grind? Because what you're not seeing is that this entrepreneur has been doing 12-hour days for the last five years. What you're not seeing is that he is driven by pain and trauma that you relate to, but you haven't tapped into just yet. The seventh and final lesson that I want to share with you that helped me to get to 10,000 a month and far beyond it for this specific lesson is that to get more results in life, a very interesting method that you can use is subtraction. A lot of people think that to get more out of life, to get more money, to get, you know, a better relationship, whatever, you've got to add more things to your life. Yet, actually, the truth is a lot of the times you can get more results in life when you subtract, when you take things away from your life. So there's a question you can ask yourself right now. What is something I can subtract from my life that would get me more results in my goals? When I ask myself this question every month, every two months, the answers are always so interesting. Sometimes what you can subst- subtract is a person. It's a person who's maybe slowing you down or dragging you back. Maybe it's a friend who keeps inviting you to, to play video games. Maybe it's, it's drugs, it's drinking, it's cigarettes. Scott's trying to quit some dirty smoke my, my friends They like look at him coughing through, the, through this I'm not sure if you've heard it in the mic but he's been coughing through this Entire video bro <laughs> He's like he came here he's like oh man you gotta help me stop smoking But it's like 10 minutes later He's there smoking every bike Ride we go onto he's there smoking Like looking cool and shit <laughs> like Maybe it is right subtraction usually Will get you huge results think about Something that you can not just add to your life Not things that you can do but things you can Stop doing people you can take out of your life sometimes you'll get the biggest boost to your life when you take something out for me it was carbs i think about how specific that is when i took carbs like the, the fuel source carbohydrates out of my life i performed like crazy like i had never i must be either sensitive to carbs or they just affect everyone in, in like a similar way or whatever but i performed so much better i took out eating in the morning i subtracted that from my life and i performed better I took out distractions, Tinder, Instagram, all these things that I was spending time on and I performed better. The most recent time I asked myself this question, what can I subtract from my life? You know what? how interesting this is? You know health trackers that you see guys wear, the Whoops track and Apple Watch and, and the Aura Ring. I had used these for two, three years every day looking at my little health me- metrics. Okay, this is my heart rate. This is my HRV and stuff. And one day it just hit me. It's like, how fucking pointless is all this that I'm tracking my health stats? Three years ago, I was an athlete. I didn't need to like look into any of this HRV thing. I'm still an athlete, I still train hard, I'm still like active Now I'm looking at it every day, like I'm starting my day Seeing my health stats, thinking oh damn Like maybe I didn't sleep so well last night Maybe I am kind of tired then When I took that away, it's like suddenly I've just saved Like what, 10, 20 minutes per day thinking about this It almost pissed me off that I was like bro For two years I've been using these little health trackers And they've not actually served me in any way If All they've done is just make me overthink more what can you subtract? Maybe it is the exact same thing. Maybe it's the health tracker. Maybe it's an app on your phone. Maybe it's a website that you go on. Maybe it's like an influencer or a creator that you watch on YouTube or TikTok or Instagram. Maybe it's a person. Maybe it's your girlfriend. Maybe it's like spending time with your family. Maybe they're toxic. Maybe they're not helpful. If you think of the things that are in your life right now, you think specifically, what could I take away to get better results in life? That's very powerful. Because you might just end up looking at the people in your life very differently. You might think that your best friend right now is a fucking loser that you need to create some distance from. You might think, you know what? Spending time with my family, if I'm honest, I don't enjoy it. I don't even like them. They're rude. They're toxic. They don't help me to get to where I want in life. Maybe you should. Now, I'm actually quite a family guy. But at the same time, I know that many people have like a very fucked up family dynamic. They have a lot of like stress and hateful and toxicity. Maybe it would be better for your life if you subtracted some time away from them. Life is not always about adding more things. Often a, a huge level of, of maturity starts when you start to think about subtracting things from your life. This has been a, such a deeply powerful habit that I get into. Every few months, asking myself some of these deep questions. What can I subtract from my life to get more results in the thing that I care about? What are the 20% of bad things that are causing of my mental health being like a problem. So what are the 20% of things which are causing negativity in my life? Sometimes that's people. Sometimes that's my diet. Sometimes that's like me wasting time watching content, which isn't even educational. Likewise, you can also then, if you do wanna consider, okay, what can I add into my life to make it better? You can ask very similar questions. You can ask, what are the 20% of things or people who add positivity to my life and my life direction and the results that I want? So for me, when I had to ask that, it's having good people around me. What well, is the 20% of things that give me 80% of my results? It's, it's my high performance routine. It's waking up early. So then I would ask myself, okay, waking up early means a lot to me. Actually, I get my best work done literally at like 3am, 4am. There's been a few times where I've missed waking up early because I went to sleep later because I spent time with a certain person. So maybe I won't spend time with that person anymore. Maybe I spend time, you know, watching like some random pointless thing, or I was like, you know, in this environment, I was in the gym later on, and I'm like, yeah, you know what, in the gym at that time doesn't really work for me. Maybe I'll change it, maybe I'll remove it back home just a just a month ago when i would ask this question i realized like the gym that i was going to was was a cause of this sort of like mental sort of stress i went to like a very like preppy like high-end kind of gym where like it it feels like everyone's thinking about you everyone's chatting shit my ex goes there this guy goes there this guy has been like rude to me before so you go into the gym and it's causing a lot of like this almost mental illness where you're looking around at the people there like enemies and I, i realized wait what if i just subtracted that in from my life and i literally just worked out at home suddenly I've just saved like half an hour a day from not needing to get ready as a commute and I'm actually having a really fun workout. So that's the final point for you, the final lesson that I've learned. Just ask yourself, what can I subtract? Who can I subtract? What can I subtract? What habit? What what food source? What app? What websites? I think that will really serve you well. Entrepreneurship is a very, very beautiful journey to get onto. And I really do believe that the next generation of purposeful entrepreneurs will change it all. A realization I had was that a lot of the evil that we're facing in this modern world, when you think about porn and video games, when you think about the companies that have caused a lot of climate damage, who have been pumping, you know, like estrogenics, chemicals and stuff into the water that we drink and, and you know, how so many foods have got weird ingredients in, all of this is just caused by evil entrepreneurs. All of the problems that we face, you know, the the, the destruction of men's testosterone, what is it caused by? Companies who have pumped chemicals inside of the air, inside of the water, inside of our food, it's evil entrepreneurs who have ruined the world. And it's the purposeful entrepreneurs who will save it. It's the young man right now who's thinking, you know what? I want to start a company that fixes the environment. It's the young man who starts the the business, the content business, where he thinks, oh, I want to spread education to so many more people. This is what I did three years ago. I thought, you know what? I I think I'm pretty good at explaining things and giving advice. I'll start a business where I just give advice to people, especially on important topics of you know, how to live a better life, how to be healthier. It's the purposeful entrepreneurs who will save the world. So if you're watching this video, you probably are one of them. Adonis School is my program to become more of a purposeful entrepreneur, to make money doing what you love doing. That's the top link in the description. Do the hard work, especially when you don't feel like it. Mwah. I have a private community of entrepreneurs, of young guys who are learning how to make a business, which business model to choose, how to level up, how to be more productive, how to eat in a certain way that lets your brain focus more on your business work and every other random thing you can think of when it comes to becoming an entrepreneur. That's Adonis School and it's the top link in the description that you can go and click on right now.